Welcome to BIB Today, the podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and executive editor. The Bank of Canada nudged the central rate up 25 basis points again today to 4.75. It's the highest it's been in more than two decades, indicative of lingering inflation, a hot economy that still needs to be tamed somewhat. My guest today is Derek Burleton. He's the deputy chief economist at TD Bank. We're going to discuss what this might mean, how it might affect housing prices, for instance, or consumer spending, and what we can expect for the British Columbian economy. He joins me. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Listen, was uh, were you in the camp that was surprised about the bank? Yeah, I think modestly. Uh, you know, market pricing. I think they built in about a one third chance of a rate hike. So. You know, I was leaning towards no change. I thought they might wait for one more month's employment data. We got inflation data out shortly for the month of May. I thought they were going to wait it out, and July was a better chance. But clearly, and just looking at the statement today, uh, it was hawkish. In other words, um, there wasn't uh, it wasn't an even-handed kind of typical central bank where they say these areas are strong, these areas were were concerned about tending to fall. It was pretty much as you pointed out. It speaks to the strength of the data in recent months. So I guess they felt, why wait uh, six weeks? Let's pull the trigger now. And now we cast our eyes ahead to the July and kind of wonder the same thing, whether the data will soften up enough between now and then to kind of stay the bank's hand and go back in a pause. And uh, um, in our senses, they probably will go another uh, 25 basis points in July because the data is wow. unlikely to soften enough by then. So what, what are the metrics they're really looking for here, Derek? Is it, is it a, really a 2% inflation? Is that is that possible to get right now? It is. Um, you know, the trends point to uh, it was as high as 8% midway through 2022. We're about halfway down the mountain. I think the latest trends suggest we're in the kind of the 35 to 4% zone. Um, they reiterated today in their short statement that uh, that's still not good enough. While it's close to cigar, uh, they want to see 2%. So uh, uh, that's what they're striving for. And I think they can't achieve it. It's just going to take a little while longer. And clearly at a higher interest rate setting than most of us had initially thought. Meanwhile, uh, obviously things like uh, variable rate mortgages um, are, are going to go up again, maybe again later, as you point out. Um, what is this really starting to have in the way of a drawn-out impact on things like consumer confidence? Well, consumers, uh, just based on the surveys we've been looking at, they've, uh, they're somewhat concerned, albeit we've seen consumer confidence readings at lower levels. I tend to pay more attention to what they're doing. And clearly, based on the first quarter data, they're still spending. Uh, they're spending on a whole raft of goods and services. Uh, housing has picked up, so certainly more spending on houses than we had, than the central bank had anticipated. Um, you know, and, and I think, again, this points to the these long lags. I still think interest rates are going to cool consumer spending. It's just taking a lot longer than we had anticipated. Clearly, until the job market softens, Kirk, there are limits to how much consumers are going to cut back spending, even with the higher pressures from interest rates accumulating in the past year, mortgage renewals, there's more pressure as house, more households renew at higher rates compared to, say, five years ago. You mentioned variable rates. Those households have been facing steady pressures over the past year. And yet, you know, as long as you've got a job, you have to reallocate some spending, maybe away from 
some travel you want to do, but you can, you can, you know, keep going. And I think that's what we're seeing, certainly based on the, uh, the data we've seen of late. So it took longer than I think uh, everyone now realizes uh, was, was correct for the central banks to recognize inflation. Um, is it going to take longer for us to, to cool it down? Yes, I think that's clearly the message. The stickiness of particularly service inflation is, is a problem. And, uh, you know, we know it's not going to be in a straight line. I think every data point we're going to scour through to see, okay, are we starting to see that continuation of the downward trend? Because of late, we've seen the, the progress flatten out. But clearly, um, you know, it's the job market. That's really the key piece here, because as long as you know, unemployment is as low as it is, as long as wage growth is running at 5%, which is probably a good point to point and a half higher than it needs to be to kind of get that inflation rate steadily down to 2%. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's going to be a challenge. And, and I think every month we get, and we get the Friday data on employment, we'll see if there's any slippage in labor market conditions. We just keep bumping it out. Certainly recession calls keep getting bumped out. Um, we don't have a formal recession call in our forecast. Uh, right. But that's kind of, uh, that's where in. I think we're all, we know that we're likely going to get there maybe at a higher interest rate than we had expected. But at some point, I do see the balance of risk shifting from this year to 2024. That may be more of a, of a period where we see consumer spending uh, start to slow uh, steadily and unemployment to start rising. So that I think is where the balance of risks are shifting. Can we actually have a recession now with this kind of very low unemployment? Yeah, I mean, the US is an interesting case because um, Canada's growth is 3% in the first quarter. Early reading in the second quarter of this year is that growth is probably going to be, you know, one to one and a half. That's not negative. It's not even zero. And our view has been for quite some time. We're in for a kind of a period of, of zeros, not, not necessarily contractions, but it's going to take a good four to five, even six quarters of, of kind of stagnation to bring inflation down on a more sustained basis. The U.S., though, it's interesting because they're, Growth it has been slowing. Um, Canada's been outperforming, and yet it's raising the prospect that maybe we can have a full uh, recession at a time where we've got full unemployment. I mean, it's a strange time, Kirk, just given some of the yeah. legacy of the pandemic, excess savings. You know, it's an unusual cycle we're in. So I wouldn't rule it out. Um, you know, we could get a couple quarters of contraction at a time where jobs are still tight. Uh, my best bet is that it's just a matter of time. We're seeing some cracks forming in both job markets, Canada, the U.S. It's just taking longer. And I do think in the next few months, we'll see more evidence, you know, more announcements of, of some layoffs and, and declining vacancy rates in the job market. Back to the metrics again, uh, Derek. What, what do you think will eventually be where, where interest rates land? You know, is, is it, nobody seems to think there'll be this near free money ever again, <laughs> uh, but but how how far from free do you think it'll be eventually? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we did see, and uh, it'll be interesting because with this rate hike today, we did see uh, bond yields, and that, that is a good proxy for where lending rates are happening. We did see the market was surprised. We saw a big jump in, you know, two-year bond yields right up 
uh, to kind of 10, 10 year bond yields. Um, and, you know, I, I think what that suggests is that, especially with another rate hike possible, uh, you are going to get yields rising. I think where our best view, though, is we do think rates will hit a peak weather. I think this is fine tuning right now. This is probing. And I don't see more than 50 basis points. I guess the big question is when does the Bank of Canada turn the page and start to cut rates? And our best guess yep. is. Markets are in line. It's going to be the first quarter of 2024. At that point, we should be close, maybe a little bit above 2%. But I think the central bank can look ahead and say, you know, we are confident that we are now back on track to achieve our objective. And it's at that point they'll argue that it takes a while for lags of policy. We've got to cut now to get us there. So, but what we're doing at the same time, that endpoint. Uh, where we'll see rates fall back to is being raised. And uh, we thought it was going to be around two and a half by the end of next year. We're now looking with a three handle. And I think that we're not alone. I think other banks are looking at something. Some of the data we're getting does suggest that landing spot is going to be higher than we thought. And certainly to your point, it's not going to be zero. I think uh, if we get back to zero, it's going to be because things have really come undone. and That would not be a good outcome for anybody. So uh, the two and a half to three gives you a sense for where we're made to be. And I think the balance of risk suggests that maybe it's going to be closer to three than, than two and a half. Because that sounds as if we're going to get to five at a central rate, um, which means mortgage rates and lending rates will be, you know, probably a couple of points higher than that. That will sustain for what, maybe six months, somewhere in there, six, seven months. And then you'll start to see a bit of a climb down, perhaps. But, it, but it's not going to be a fast uh, descent, is it? It's going to be a quarter point, you know, a quarter point at a time kind of thing, won't it? My guess is, if we're right in our call, that uh, unemployment rises, but not doesn't shoot higher. It kind of grinds higher uh, as the labor market cools over time. The resilience is still there. We've got strong population growth in Canada, which provides a bit of a demand impulse and an offset, mm-hmm. um, and that's not going to change dramatically. So. You know, I think in that environment where growth isn't contracting, unemployment's, uh, you know, rising gradually, they'll be very careful to cut rates. Uh, they'll do it, uh, you know, very, very steady but slow. And, um, you know, if it's quicker, again, that points to more problems in the economy. What they don't want is they don't want inflation because you can have head fakes. You can have inflation making progress and then backing up. And they don't want to be caught in that where they've then got a hike rates again. So uh, we saw often it's talked about in the 1970s. Uh, you know, we had a, another big uh, upsurge in inflation when, once the inflation fell. Central banks will not want to see that happen. So I think, it, uh, to your point, I think it's going to be a very slow climb down. Uh, but still, declines, we'll see mortgage rates fall back. And that'll provide a bit of breather to households to be renewing through 2024 into 2025. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic's not over. I've got a couple of friends that are still battling COVID and all that. But I think for, you know, all intents and purposes, we no longer have that focus on the pandemic effects on on our economy. Um, Are you able to gauge yet about whether there are any permanent issues that the pandemic has left uh, left behind here? Yeah, it's still early-ish days, but but I mean, it doesn't certainly stop discussion about some of the ongoing legacy effects of the pandemic. I think within the labor market, we've certainly seen the the, the hybrid uh, work model 
evolve. Mm -hmm. And it does look like we're landing on somewhere in the middle. I think there was a little bit of doubt as to how long uh, we would sit kind of two to three days a week in the office. Uh, seems like we're steadily there. Now, longer term, one can, again, speculate whether we'll see a little bit of a gradual uptick from kind of two to three days, maybe to four days. Um, you know, there's all sorts of discussion about impacts on productivity from the, uh, the pandemic. Uh, we're seeing it not just in Canada, but in the United States and Europe. Productivity is, is quite soft. And uh, whether the work-life balance certainly has shifted. I think, you know, anecdotally, we know that a lot of households and some of them, you know, and you're still enjoying a bit of a war chest of, of savings that were built up during the pandemic it certainly shows up in the, uh, the aggregate numbers. But it's, it's kind of shifting a bit of the work behavior at a time where, you know, the aging uh, baby boomers are leaving the labor force. So I think with the with workplace, certainly some laggering impacts on office real estate. We'll be talking about those for quite some time. Um, you know, I guess that's really where the, the, you know, the meat of the discussion right now in terms of impacts from the pandemic is on work effort and uh, where we may be a steadying, uh, you know, once the dust, dust settles. Yeah, I want to pick up on the on what you talked about there, which is the uh, the office vacancy, and uh, and obviously there's an office vacancy because of remote work, but there's an office vacancy as a result of people just not coming back in in large enough numbers. Uh, is that kind of a sleeping giant here that will hit our our you know our city economies in particular? Yeah, it it is. Um, you know, we're already seeing some of the manifestation of that across uh, made, you know, urban economies, in, not just in BC, right across the country. Um, you know, you can, when one's downtown, they certainly can see. Maybe, you know, it does vary a little bit, uh, but for the most part, you know, vacancy rates are, are lagging. And uh, now, of course, now the cyclical pressure, the, the structural pressure of the shift in the workplace model, it just, you know, that we're getting clear of. Now, of course, the, the perfect storm shifts to some of the cyclical pressures. The fact interest rates are high and they're going to get higher. Um, unemployment is going to rise. Uh, employment growth is going to slow. A lot of the employment, of course, fills the building. So this is going to be quite a, a drawn out cycle within the office space. Certainly, you know, if, if it's a new building, you know, it, it's better protected, the amenities and the like. It's, it's sort of the older buildings where, it's a challenge. Now, I would say that in Canada, unlike the United States, uh, the U.S. does have pension involvement in, in office real estate. In Canada, we do have a bigger element there, and it provides a little bit of an offset, just given you know, pension funds are, are decently positioned to, to take on uh, some of the risk of the office market. But in any event, it's a concern. Um, I'm, you know, It's not going to be enough to kind of send economy-wide into a significant recession, but certainly a worry spot that could really limit the extent of recovery as we, we move into 2024 and the 25. Great. Um, uh, last thing is I'm cognizant of your time. Uh, what's the message been uh, out here in British Columbia that you've been delivering about our own uh, idiosyncrasies as an economy and, and our own uh, strengths and weaknesses here in the next uh, next year or so? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an economy that's had a terrific run. I remind myself of the strength. I, I remember doing a report on BC, and uh, the economy had done quite well, but it was all driven by employment growth, very weak labor productivity. I, I look at the last 10-year performance, because our report was done uh, before that, 
And BC has had tremendous run of growth, 3% on average for 10 years through to 2021. Uh, productivity growth that exceeded the nation. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're in a spot now where cyclically things are maybe cooling a bit faster uh, into 2023. Housing has slowed more than average. Uh, that's both new building and the resale market. Um, you know, and, and, and that and then just household indebtedness, just more uh, sensitivity there to the higher rates has slowed some of the retail spending and the like. So our view is it's not going to be, you know, a very difficult ride, but certainly a bit of an underperformance uh, probably through this year and the next year. And then, you know, the population growth is one reason alone uh, to suggest that the economy will gain back on track. I do wonder, for example, Alberta, which has been taking in a lot of interprovincial migrants, we may see some of those in addition to kind of the, the new international migrants coming to the region uh, drive you know, sustain strong population growth, it's going to create a demand impulse over the medium, the longer term. At the same time, how is the region going to meet the needs of housing, um, you know, infrastructure? Um, it, it's going to be a real challenge. That's not new. I'm not saying that's new to the region, but certainly it's going to put even more pressure on governments to figure it out because we're marking up our household formation rates that's significantly in our medium to longer term view because of the population yeah steady state that we seem to be in and it, it, that's going to be one of the challenges i think yeah these are all great conversation pieces i'm really happy uh, we had a chance to talk today derek thanks a lot for your time my pleasure Kirk. thank you i'm kirk the point publisher and executive editor at biv thanks a lot for watching